Oh, oh, oh yeah, I figured it out and I'm pumped. I, I, I literally just stepped into my studio. I've got um, an Americano in my hand and I have been trying to solve a mental problem um, all morning. Today I want to talk to you about auditions, something where you feel like somebody else holds the keys uh, to your like admittance into getting into something, right? Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that, but for some reason, uh, this all morning, this uh, story about something that happened in a rehearsal this last year kept popping into my mind, and I can't, I couldn't figure out what does the hell does this have to do with auditions? And I think I just figured it out. The story was this. This last September, I was playing with an artist I had never played with before. And not only had I never played with them before, I we'd actually never met. And it was one of those situations where like I'm loading into the rehearsal and I've got like my pedal board and my bass. Uh, and you're like meeting them as you're carrying everything in. And it's like COVID. So it's like, okay, dude, are we shaking hands? I've got like three things in my hands. Do I give you a hug? All my friends say you're awesome. Uh, one of those load in meet. Uh, but there was this moment in it, uh, where, uh, we were talking about how we were going to end a song and both the artist and the drummer were like, well, yeah, let's, let's have this massive trash can ending. Uh, which of those of you that aren't musicians, it's where, you know, we, you hit like a big downbeat and you let it ring out. Everybody just like rocks out. The, the drummer's like slashing on the cymbals and we'll, uh, and then we'll let that die out and then I'll count off into the next song. And everybody's like, everybody else in the band was like, all right, let's do that. And I did something that I would have never considered doing uh, as, like if I was in my 20s. Where like when I was, the painting a picture, when I was in my 20s as a musician, I was very much a yes man. My job was just to do whatever, do whatever I can to make everybody in the band and whatever whoever I'm playing with, make them like me, just be as agreeable as possible. And so I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever, yes. I, you, you, you want me to take my pants off in the middle of the set? I, I'm down for it. I will, I'll go for it. Uh, but as, as I've gotten older, that's changed a little bit. I've become more confident. And actually, uh, the real I've changed what I've realized my job is showing up as a musician in the band. I'm going to get to that in a second. But I did something that was unthinkable to me years ago. And I spoke up and I disagreed with them. I said, hey, okay, just hear me out, but I actually uh, have a different idea. What if we did this? Essentially, I told them in a very nice way, hey, you know that idea you just had? You know your natural instinct of what we should do in this moment? Well, I think you're wrong, and I think we should do it another way. I obviously didn't present it that way, but it, the response that I got was completely different than what my like 20-something-year-old self would have ever imagined. My disagreeing and throwing out a different opinion in that scenario actually made the artist and the drummer like me more. They actually got pumped about it, uh, and we ended up having a conversation after the show uh, where he thanked me. I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second, but what I've realized just now is that this situation, in this rehearsal, this is totally similar to an audition situation. My advice for you, <laughs> screw that, it's not my advice. This is, just, this is just a few stories that I wanted to share with you of people that I uh, think are cool. Uh, these three people happen to be actors. Uh, what I learned that they did in their auditions that landed them the role. I find it interesting, I think you'll find it interesting, but what I realized 
that actually has nothing to do with rehearsals and auditions. It all has to do with reframing energy. Sarah and I went to see the uh, the new Spider-Man uh, a couple nights ago, and afterwards the next day, for some reason, of course, because I watched the trailer for that, the algorithm started throwing a bunch of Spider-Man-related things on my YouTube feed, uh, and I somehow stumbled on uh, this interview with Tobey Maguire from the first uh, iteration of these, like the three main Spider-Mans that, uh, that we all kind of know. Uh, they were talking to him about his audition and how he landed the role for that first Spider-Man. And what he mentioned was super interesting to me because he said that the studio actually didn't want him to be Spider-Man, but the director did want him. And so right from the very top, when he was invited to audition from it, he had this like anxiety, nervousness, this, uh, this feeling of this need to win the studio over to convince them that he was right for the part. So he goes into the audition and they say, okay, everybody that's auditioning for this role, we're, we are having you, uh, we're going to have this like fake staged fight. We've got like this uh, stretchy uh, full body Spider-Man outfit leotard uh, that we're just having everybody wear. So put this on and uh, this is what you're going to wear for your audition. So he puts it on and he looks in the mirror and he realized be uh, because it was just a little small on him. He was in killer shape at the time, and apparently he had been lifting weights, and he had gotten super ripped at this time uh, in his career. And he was—he started noticing. His, he started thinking, like, "Man, this this outfit they're putting me in is compressing me. It's making me look way smaller than I am. It's making me look like I have no muscle definition." And the biggest frustration the studio was saying is that he—he he just looked too nerdy. That they couldn't see him as like a ripped superhero. So he went out for the audition and decided to unzip the leotard and then he like wrapped the uh, like the arms around his waist. So he just he wore it only from the waist down and from the waist up he was complete he just had uh, no shirt on. And so he just looked ripped and he came in and he just crushed it and he was like this will make me look more uh, this will make me look cooler in this audition. And then they loved it he ended up getting the role. Studio says Hey, this is what everybody's doing. We want you to wear this. Uh, this is what you should do. And he says, all right, I'll do that. But I've got a different opinion. I'm going to change it a little bit. And as I was thinking about it, it reminded me of a story I had heard uh, of Hugh Jackman and how he uses auditions, actually, to turn his anxiety into confidence. He said that what changed for him was when he stopped looking at auditions as this situation where his job was to impress other people uh, and win them over. He started instead looking at auditions like it was a rehearsal. If they would say, you know, I think you should uh, sit there in the chair, he would say, actually, you know, I think the character would actually stand. And they would, they'd, instead of being over here, I think, you know, I, I feel like the character would probably walk over to this side of the room and approach it this way. And instantly, by changing that, he changed the power dynamic of the situation. Instead of him being there trying to please them, now he created a totally different dynamic in the situation where they were collaborating. 
He was no longer there trying to win them over. They were now co-creators working together. Now, don't get me wrong. This is this isn't about like don't just take this as face value. Like to go in anytime you have an audition. What I'm saying is that you need to like disagree, find something that you can contradict what they want you to do. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this theme keeps popping up in different scenarios that I find it really interesting. Not the need to disagree or push back, but the 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 need, how would I even say that? Yeah, maybe it's the need to view every situation as co-creation instead of just being someone's like, I'm here, right? Tell me what to do. And now I'm just, I'm an instrument for you to use. Ah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's instead of showing up with the energy of trying to win someone over and impress them, it's stepping into the true nature of what it is that we do. We're there for co-creation. Your job isn't to impress. No, it's about changing the energy and the dynamic of a situation because I feel yeah, I feel like I feel like humans can sense it on a subconscious level. When we feel like someone's trying to impress us or like win us over or or convince us of something. I mean even in I mean even like take outside of the creative world. I mean right now with everything going on uh po- like politically or economically in the world right now. Like you you can tell when like someone's not in conversation with you, right? Like you can tell when you're talking to someone almost instantly when they feel like their job is to convince you of something. That is a completely different energy than coming into a conversation for what it is, a conversation, a uh, back and forth of energy uh, of curiosity, interaction that way. And I feel, yeah, maybe that's kind of what it is. The realization that when we're creating something, it's far more like a conversation than it is trying to convince someone of something. Now, here's another example I heard recently. Uh, It was Elijah Wood, and they were asking him about his audition for Lord of the Rings to become Frodo. And he was talking about how like you cast as my as my, uh, as my friend Nate would say, cast your mind uh, back to the late nineties, uh, and he would uh, at that time when Lord of the Rings was announced that they were holding auditions, it was like the thing to get. There was a ton of competition, uh, and people from all over the world uh, were auditioning specifically for this for all the roles, but specifically for this one with Frodo and Elijah Wood. Uh, comes in to his, I think it's his agent's office, and the rules of the audition were uh, that you needed to be just, in, you just show up in plain clothes and we'll record a video of you in front of a white screen. But here's how Elijah Wood responded to it. I knew that they were auditioning for Lord of the Rings. Anyone who was an actor or an actress was auditioning for Lord of the Rings. It was a significant thing that was happening. And I knew that I wasn't going to get a chance to audition directly for Peter Jackson, the director. So my option was to go into the local casting office, be filmed against ostensibly probably like a white background in my normal clothes, being the character. And there was just something about this. I'd never made my own tape before, but there was something about this particular film that I wanted to do something different that would stand out above everything else, or at the very least show that I was extremely passionate about being a part of Lord of the Rings and playing Frodo. 
And then I thought, well, I need to look like a hobbit. So I, I got a book that had drawings of what hobbits look like. And I remember from the hobbit of what hobbits look like. So based on that, I went to Western costume, got a, a costume that very much resembled, actually not dissimilar to what it looked like in the films. And I gathered some friends of mine and we shot these scenes and then we cut them together that night. I was then given this VHS tape. It was before burning DVDs. This was 1999. <laughs> I took that tape to the casting office and dropped it off. And that's sort of it. I, I, I did that. Peter then came to Los Angeles and I was able to actually meet him and audition for the two of them. But that's the story behind the tape. And I, I think I have a copy, I think buried somewhere in a box of VHS tapes. And I don't, I don't have a VHS player right now and I'd have to go through a lot of boxes to find it, but it exists. Man, I freaking love that. Um, it's not that Elijah came in and was like, no, you're wrong. This isn't how an audition should be. Uh, and push back. This is how I do it. There was, there was no ego involved. It I, what I really connect with that story uh, and all of these actually really is that he approached even an audition as an opportunity to make something, to create together. I can't tell you how many years I just existed uh, uh, in the assumption that thinking that my job was to impress. I'm meeting you for the first time. We're going to make music for the first time together, uh, whether it was on audition or not. Maybe that's what it was, a misunderstanding of what my real job was. I used to think that my job was to show up and impress and win you over and just be uh, Mr. Yes Man, do whatever it takes to get that second call back, get the gig, uh, what I, it's just too much. What I've realized now is that it's just, people can sense that people can sense when you're forcing it. And what is way more natural is oh, when people get the sense of, Hey, we're on the same team here. We got the same goal to put on a killer show. Uh, and as quickly as, as soon as you can, uh, make it clear that you are on the same page with the same goal, man. Yeah. That's when cool stuff starts to happen. So there it was this September. Uh, showing up, disagreeing uh, with the artist, something I would have think would have been counterintuitive to what uh, would have been beneficial for me, for us, the evening, whatever. Um, and at the very end of the show, after we had wrapped up, we were tearing down, uh, he came over to me and said, hey, I, I just want to thank you uh, for having the guts to say something and disagree. When you said that, it, I instantly just felt uh, a sense of comfort knowing that if you guys uh, didn't agree with my ideas that you would first of all just say that you would say something uh, and that I was getting honest feedback and also it just made me feel like you cared enough about this show and so I just wanted to say thank you for putting in the time to learn the tunes and for actually giving a crap about my music it really showed so this year 2022 when we all finally get out of our bedrooms and we finally start making music together or creating things with people. Yeah, I've, I am, uh, I am naturally, I, I don't think that's going away. I'm naturally just at my core, super agreeable. And I just want people to like me. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I want, I want to impress people. I want people uh, to want to call me back. And so I know that I'm have these freaking tendencies to, uh, try to convince people. Um, of something. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm going to have my natural initial instinct is going to be just to say yes and go with it. 
but I want to remind myself that that's not what I'm here for. If for some reason I'm doing an audition for this year, yeah, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember this and uh, see if in every freaking situation uh, in 2022, I'm going to ask myself, how can I reframe this energy? How can I change this from me thinking I need to impress somebody, right? It's me just trying to convince someone to like me, like my ideas. How can I look at every situation as an excuse to co-create and make something? <laughs> okay. I don't know why, but that's just getting me pumped right now. It's just, it's literally just getting me pumped for what's going to happen, whatever's going to happen in, in 2022. All right. That's all I got. As always, stay curious. And hey, if you if you dug this, if you, if as you're listening to this, uh, maybe a friend popped in your mind. You're like, oh man, this person, uh, maybe this person that's in my band would totally, maybe they need to hear this. Uh, or like, hey, they're really good at this. And this is like, maybe we, you just have a conversation with someone about this. Oh, that's crazy. You just heard this. Would you share this uh, episode in this podcast with a friend? And if you have two seconds, head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe. That helps me in more ways than you can imagine. I'd really appreciate it. And if you want to, uh, man, how about this? I'm going to share a link to the full interview uh, with Elijah Wood about this. It was really interesting. Like, it, like ask me a million questions about my career type thing. And uh, I'm going to share a link with the, about the Tobey Maguire and also the Hugh Jackman. Uh, you can check it out. It's in the link below or you head over to thecuriouspod.com. All right. Stay curious, friends. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Holy crap. Hold up. Um, I was, I'm mixing down this episode before I post it today. And as I was doing it, I remembered uh, stumbling on this clip like years ago. And it's Brian Cranston uh, from back in the day. If you remember like Malcolm in the Middle or Breaking Bad. Why, why do I put it in that order? Of course, I should say Breaking Bad. Also Malcolm in the Middle. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, he was asked advice he had for younger actors. And uh, I was like, it totally fits with all this. So here's what he said. Well, the best, the best advice for fellow actors is this. Know what your job is. About 18 years ago, I had this cognition that I realized I was going into auditions trying to get a job. And that simply wasn't what I was doing. It wasn't what I suppo I'm supposed to be doing. An actor is supposed to create a compelling, interesting character that serves the text. You present it in the environment where your audition happens, and then you walk away, and that's it. Everything else is out of your control, so don't even think of it. Don't focus on that. You're not going there to get a job. You're going there to present what you do. You act, and there it is, and walk away. And there's power in that. There's confidence in that. And it's also saying, I can only do so much. And then the decision of who might get a job is so out of your control that it really, when you analyze it, it makes no sense to hold on to that. That, to me, was a breakthrough. And once I adapted that philosophy, I never looked back. And I've never been busier in my life than once I grabbed onto that. That's it. Good